Hey Rebel Razor, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7. We're at episode number 1617 and today we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to do a little bit of speculation and the reason why is, well... Gosh, it gets into a whole bunch of <laughs> different stuff. So we're going to be talking about episode nine and we're going to be talking kind of in specific about Daisy Ridley and the character of Rey and also how things are going to go in the as yet unnamed episode nine. So this is all started because of the names of the two Jedi sacred texts that were given to us in the last Jedi Expanded Edition, the novelization by Jason Fry. And in honor of Jason, if you're watching the video version, I'm wearing my Brooklyn shirt because Jason is, of course, a Brooklynite, if that's how you refer to people who live in Brooklyn. And I reached out to him to ask about the etymology of the names of the two books that were given as part of the group of sacred Jedi texts in the expanded edition, and this is what he had to say. Jason said those names came from an earlier version of the script. I liked them and thought they added a cool bit of detail, and I can't disagree with them at all. So we're stuck with digging a little bit deeper on our own and just making a couple of guesses at things, and so let's have a look at the Ionomica, and if you were to go to Wikipedia and look up at least part of that, you would end up with Ion or Aeon, the deity, the Greek god. It's associated with time, the orb or circle encompassing the universe, and the zodiac, according to Wikipedia. Also, you could consider it as being sort of uh, representing time as a cycle, as it were. And this could suggest that the Ionomica might have something to do with the history of the Jedi or even the history of the Force in the galaxy, which would be something dealt with in sort of a cyclical situations, especially maybe something to do with the history of the Jedi and the Sith and how good and bad have kind of cycled through time or the galaxy. As far as the other book, which was the Ramagon, well, you know, the nearest we can probably get to that is actually also a book as well, which is the Ramayana, a very long and ancient Indian epic poem, which according to Wikipedia talks about uh, the duties of relationships and portrays ideal characters like the ideal father, the ideal servant, the ideal brother, the ideal husband, the ideal king. And so you could decide that you wanted to go out on a limb and say that maybe the Ramagon is the version of right behavior for the Jedi, like how the Jedi are supposed to interact with the world and the galaxy and the people around them. You know, going from there, what I started to think about was, how is Rey going to use those Jedi texts? And, you know, we're given the idea at the end of The Last Jedi that the next generation is going to you know, arrive, is going to be ready to step up and take on the First Order. And so it seems like with the sacred Jedi texts, who else but Rey is going to be the one to train them? And so that got me to thinking about the idea that, you know, if she's going to train them, she's going to eventually need to get Jedi's lightsabers or new Jedi's are going to need to get, get lightsabers. And to do that, they're going to need to get kyber crystals. How the heck are they going to do that? 
Especially when you consider the fact that one of the things the First Order was doing in the Unknown Regions was trying to take control of Kyber Crystal sources, which is very similar to what the Empire was doing back in the day. And in fact, the First Order wasn't doing it just to hoard Kyber Crystals. They were actually doing it for a purpose. They used Kyber Crystals to power their weapons and whatnot. And so it was actually, you know, a very functional thing for them, in addition to it also serving the, you know, neatly allied purpose of keeping them out of potential Jedi hands. So in thinking about this, knowing that According to Ray saying that the First Order would have military control of the galaxy within mere weeks of the events of what was happening in The Last Jedi, then that would also seem to indicate that if the First Order was really trying to, you know, control resources like that, they would try to control resources like kyber crystals also. And so how on earth would Ray get a replacement kyber crystal to build her own lightsaber, let alone anyone that she happened to be training, you get them kyber crystals also. So historically, before Order 66, younglings were going to the frigid planet of Ilum to get their kyber crystals, and that's not an option for them anymore. The only other thing that occurred to me, aside from what we're going to talk about in relation to Episode 9, is the fact that in Star Wars Rebels, Ezra Bridger got his kyber crystal from Yoda, or an you know, incarnation of Yoda, that appeared in the Jedi Temple on Lothal, so it just kind of magically appeared. And whereas I think that's, I guess, a possibility that they could go for in Episode Nine, it seems to me that that's not something they would necessarily do for fear that it would alienate the audience to some degree. So I think I have a a reasonable idea of how this is going to happen. And the funny thing that inspired it was I had been reading something about a filming location and, you know, it's just, it was suggested that this filming location was for a certain planet. And I utterly disagree with it, actually. And so we are officially going to go into you know, not spoiler territory necessarily, but, you know, enough information where if you really want to close the blinds on your episode nine information, then now would be the time to do it. I don't think this tells us a heck of a lot, but, you know, just fair warning for you because we're going to go into some territory that, uh, you know, leverages a little bit of insider information. Okay. So let's just call it that. So, the one thing that has come out rumor-wise about this particular situation is that Daisy Ridley was on location in Jordan. And so the theory that I had read suggested that Daisy Ridley as Rey was going back to Jakku and going to the Sith Observatory that Palpatine had set up on Jakku and was going to somehow find something in there that she could use to make a new lightsaber and you know who the heck else knows what she might find in there. You might be familiar with the observatories from conversations about the Aftermath novels for example or also an observatory showed up in the story mode for Star Wars Battlefront 2. These were these little outposts that she've set up throughout the galaxy to do various experiments and research and store artifacts and so on and so forth. I personally think this is not the case. I think that it is not supposed to be a stand-in for Jakku. And so the reason why I think that is because 
That was where Rogue One was shooting, and that was the place that stood in for Jeddah. And Jeddah, if you'll recall, was a place where the Empire was mining kyber crystals. Now, Jeddah, of course, was shot by the Death Star, and even though it wasn't completely obliterated, it was, you know, made basically, I guess, probably uninhabitable for the most part. But you would think that there's a possibility that it's kind of been removed from the records of anything, essentially, that, you know, because the Death Star attacked it and because it was, you know, for all functional purposes destroyed, you know, it's not going to be helping anyone survive, that ultimately everybody would forget about it and the Empire wouldn't you know, be tracking it anymore and the First Order having, you know, as much of the Empire's data as they possibly could wouldn't be tracking it either. So if there was one place where... Ray could possibly go to get a kyber crystal for herself and not just for herself but a new generation of Jedi well Jeddah seems like it might be a reasonable possibility especially considering that they're filming in the same location that they used for Jeddah for Rogue One so that is my you know speculation Friday I guess I could have saved it for Saturday and called it speculation Saturday <laughs> instead but it's been you know turning over in my mind and Jason Fry's tweet telling me about where the sacred Jedi text names had come from just you know finally got me in motion on trying to you know bring all these ideas out into one place and so thank you very much for letting me play with these ideas with you and that is going to do it for today's episode i'd love to hear what you think about this as a theory as a speculation or anything like that just drop me a line in the comments wherever you happen to be catching this episode and I hope you will also consider subscribing and also joining the community at patreon.com slash SW7X7. For now, though, it just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for this episode. And may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2018, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.